With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Primarily Penguins here on the show today, obviously, as we gear up for Game 5, but it is a Monday. That means we got to catch up with our buddy Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, little Steelers, little football fix with our buddy Mr. Carter. Uh, he, again, of DK Pittsburgh Sports, as always, like all of our guests here on the show, brought to you by the Fox Bet app. Make the call, download the app today. Chris, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, Wes. How are you, man? I, I'm always much better when I got you on the line, my guy guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right partner let's get right into it here i know you're a very busy man or i don't want to waste any of your time i got plenty that i want to talk with you about uh before we get into some steelers stuff here i did want to pick your brain on you know the, the big football story of the day which of course is uh julio jones saying that he wants out of the atl um, let's start here. Have you ever seen anything transpire the way that this thing has? You know, Shannon Sharp on live TV this morning calls Julio Jones like, I want to see what's going on here. And Julio's like, yeah, I'm out of here. I, I, I want to win. I'm done with Atlanta. Have you ever seen a story happen like this one has? I mean, no, because I, I, every time I think of stuff like this, like, wait, like we've seen this happen recently with Carson Wentz and sure. with Aaron Rodgers and, and guys like through the grapevine that the story gets out through Adam. Yeah, Hector, Russell Wilson and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Like, like we hear it through the grapevine, but I have never seen a guy just go on TV and be like, yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to break some news right here myself. Source me. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I was like, what? 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 Um, but uh, but that that was huge, Wes. And to, you know, I, I've been seeing and like you know, I talked to some of the guys that cover the Ravens and stuff, and they've been hearing the Julio Jones to Baltimore Ravens Ravens rumor for years. The same way Steelers fans start up rumors that they're they're going to sign Richard Sherman or they'll trade for Jalen Ramsey <laughs> or something that's completely like way way out. But now with this information, now this is going to start a cascade of those rumors. I've heard sure. Julio Jones to the Chiefs. Uh, and a whole bunch of other rumors here. It's going to be crazy for me because I was thinking, like, man, with this offense, you'd have Julio Jones, yep. Calvin Ridley, yep. Kyle Pitts, yep. with Matt Ryan, knowing the offense, like you had a chance to maybe be one of the best passing yeah. attacks. And that's, maybe he's the best passing attack. That's the thing, too, Chris. We all know that the Falcons have not been very good the last couple years, but just go look at their how they throw the football. Their, their passing numbers mm-hmm. – already have been amongst the best in the NFL for the last three, four years. They do one thing well in Atlanta with that football team, and it's throw the football. Yeah, I, I think you're right, man. They they were setting up for uh, an interesting season, and now, too, I mean, this obviously throws a, a, whole, a whole wrench into the Matt Ryan equation, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, because that's the other thing, is that the reason that you're so happy with Matt Ryan right now is because he has all these weapons, and you're like, hey, you know, he's been around for a long time, but who cares? You know, we, we got him the, all, all these weapons, but now... You know, you're sitting here like you, and you still got young weapons. You know, Ridley looks sure. very promising. 
Kyle Pitts looks is one of the more exciting, uh, you know, drafted players this year that everyone's looking at in the rookie class. You know, he's a guy that some people are saying could be, you know, offensive rookie of the year and stuff like that. So, you know, there's still potential there. But Julio Jones, I mean, you think about all those years when Steelers fans were debating, were, trying, were, were sticking up on Twitter and saying, no, Antonio Brown's the best receiver <laughs> in football. It was always Julio Jones yep. who was being put up against him. Correct. And he's maintained that this whole time. And he's like your typical, your prototype A1 number one receiver. He's yes. big, he's tall, he's fast, he can catch. You know, he does drop some big passes. But still, just the, the, the fact that he brings all of those things, he's going to bring some serious value if he can go to a team that can win. But here's the question. What can the Falcons get for him? Hmm. You know, because with teams knowing this, that could drive the price down. But then also, if there's multiple teams in the hunt, that might, you know, drive the price up. So it's, sure. it's going to be interesting to see what kind of market is created here. Yeah, when you balance, right, a lot of his age, and now the Falcons don't really have much negotiating power, I, I think you add into that too, Chris, right? I, I think it's always big. Um, you mentioned Antonio Brown. Julio Jones is not Antonio Brown. You know, he hasn't been Odell Beckham Jr. You've never heard a thing about right. this dude away from the football field. I will be very right. interested to see – uh, where he ends up, and, and obviously what the Falcons get for him. When you said that, Chris, I started to think, okay, and I'm going to throw some teams at you. Tell me if if you think which one makes the most sense maybe. I, I'm thinking, man, here's if I was these teams, I'd be on the phone right now. Packers, Seahawks, Rams, Chargers, and Dolphins. Any any one of those five make the most sense to you? So all, all those teams would be great fits for Julio, but it's about – what do the Falcons want to deal with for sure. the next for the next, next couple seasons? <laughs> sure. However long Julio would be there, I, I think the Chargers might be their preferred move. There, you're getting him in the other conference. And get him in the you AFC. Yep. Them, right, just get him away. But you give him to the Packers. Whew. You know, first of all, Aaron Rodgers would be like, "Hey, I do love you guys. I'm back. I'm back." <laughs> well, that's why I thought go. Green Bay too. You know, it'd be a nice uh, nice bone to throw your disgruntled franchise quarterback. Yeah, it, it, to me, that would be like, all right, you mean I got Devontae Adams and Julio Jones? Mm-hmm. Let's rock. And, and like that mm-hmm. that might be – and so the, the Packers might be an aggressive uh, player there. You know, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson finally giving him, you know, a top-tier wide receiver. That could be that, that, that could be very interesting. You know, but that hasn't been their way, so I'm not sure how they yeah, do it. that's but true. Justin Herbert, a, a veteran guy to work with along with Keenan Allen and the guys they got on the roster. I'd love him in they, L.A. That, that that would be a great fit, and you brought up the Rams with Matt Stafford giving him a big playthrough on top of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You know, there's there's certainly a lot of merit to those situations. I just, if I'm the Falcons, I'm not putting him anywhere he can hurt me yeah. in the next few years, unless the offer is just too good to pass up. But again, I just I don't know how many GMs are picking up the phone and saying, yeah, two first rounders for Julio Jones when we know right. he hates your gut. Right. Yeah. When when we know he wants out and we know he's he's. He's not old, old, but he's certainly not young anymore either. It's our buddy Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports with us here on the Afternoon Delight. Uh, Chris, last one before I ask you a couple Stillers questions. Who does get traded first, Julio Jones or Aaron Rodgers? I'd say Julio. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, just with Aaron Rodgers' situation, a quarterback is so much to, – to me, there's so much more to moving a guy. And a guy of that talent, sure, the sure. Packers are, are, are going to do everything they can to keep him. A wide receiver, even the, the, the caliber of Julio Jones, I mean, if, if, if he, I, I, we, we've seen them drive their, themselves out of town. We've seen A.B. do it to the Steelers. We've seen Odell do it to the Giants. We, we, we've seen it time and time again. I, I could totally see 
the, you know, the Falcons being like, all right, let's just move on from this. And again, they got young, you're receiving talent on the roster still. So it's not like they're bereft of talent, sure. but it just, it, it does suck for them because he's been a franchise player for most of the last decade. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh sports with us here on 970 ESPN. He's a franchise reporter. Franchise hey. analyst. There we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do both. I get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wear many hats, baby. Uh, we we already we already know that struggle. You and I both. Uh, today, technically, right, Chris, the start of phase three of the NFL's uh, voluntary offseason workouts. But we know that there's uh, still a lot up in the air as it relates to a lot of these concerns and teams and guys opting out. Do you expect much? I guess in the scope of the NFL in this next week or two and with the Steelers as well, too, you know, is will we see some guys doing individual drills? I don't think we're going to really see any 11-on-11 stuff, at least certainly not here in Pittsburgh. Uh, You could tell me if you think I'm wrong, but could we see some individual drills? Could we see some position groups getting together for film study? What will Phase 3, you know, normally when they they start to get this thing going around this time of year and this, uh, you know, off-season workout stage, what do you expect these next couple weeks to look like, if anything? Well, I think the biggest thing, of course, is adjusting to Matt Canada's offense. That's what. That's honestly the biggest thing that this team needs needs their needs their guys, old and new, to come in and get ready to do. Because not only are you adjusting to Matt Canada's offense, you're going to have a new center running that offense. Whether it's B.J. Finney returning and uh, from in free agency and, and being that guy, or Kendrick Green getting the start outright, you're going to have a new guy there that's running this basically a new offensive line, like B.J. Finney. This isn't the offensive line he was used to running when he was starting in Marquise Pouncey's uh, place for four years. You know, this is, you know, DeCastro may be there, but Chakuma Korfor, Zach Banner, uh, uh, um, uh, Kevin Dotson, almost blanked on the man's name. <laughs> but, uh, but when you consider all those guys, this is, this is a new line that he's working with. So on that, on top of understanding what, what philosophy that Matt Cannon is going with, that's what I'm going to be interested to hear is, you know, hey, wow, we're doing this more. You know, Dale Lolly's written on DKPittsburghSports.com a lot about, you know, the motion and how that's going to be used more because we saw it, you know, this is something that I've written about. You know, we saw when the Steelers were running the ball earlier in the season, that's when they were having the most success. They averaged like 130 yards in the ground uh, in their first six or seven wins. But then as time went on, you saw the run go away, but you also saw the, the motion go away, something that Randy Feekner really didn't use a lot in his offenses. And uh, Matt Canada, just uh, you know, we've, we've seen when his wrinkles have been more included, that's something that Ben Roethlisberger was using more. And I think it's something that would be huge for him because, you know, for those who think, well, what's the big deal about motion? Motion is something that like, Tom Brady does very well and uses it to pick apart what a defense is doing. Because when you move a receiver in motion or a tight end, a defense has to react to it. Now, either the defense stays still, and that's a show of basically, hey, we're showing zone coverage, or they run with the guy that's like, hey, that's the man who's following him, so they're in man coverage. Now, that can also be you know, part of the game is that, hey, we're faking this. We're, we're having this guy follow him, but really he's not on man with him. This is just a fake that out. But that's part of the head games, the chess games that you play in football. And the Steelers really didn't use a whole lot, of, a lot of that effectively in uh, the past two years. So, and really the past few several years. But if Matt Canada is working that into the offense, and you know Ben Roethlisberger understanding it, the offensive line understanding, you know, different blocking schemes that they want to go with, that's going to be the big story in these OTAs. Just how are they adapting to those roles and picking up these these new ideas and concepts they're working with, Chris. I feel like I've asked you this 
the last two weeks, definitely last sure. week, but something that we've been kind of keeping an eye on, uh, I guess in general this time of year, not just this year, but we know that this is uh, quite often the time where teams add that second wave of free agents, if you will, right? Uh, maybe more so veteran guys. The market has cooled off on them in terms of uh, the money that their agents are asking for. Maybe they've depreciated a little bit in that regard. Uh, we heard about Ryan Kerrigan and the rumored interest there with the Steelers, which obviously added some fuel to this fire. I think you mentioned the Richard Sherman stuff a few minutes ago. Any of these names stand out to you? Any of these realistic uh, from Malik Hooker, Justin Houston, Morgan Moses? Um, it, does it does it feel like this is legitimate that the Steelers are going to make a, a veteran addition? And is there one guy that stands out above the rest to you as you know uh, maybe more realistic? Well, I do think it's realistic that they're going to add somebody. I'm just not sure who. You know, I've written about about adding Justin Houston. I wrote over this morning for DK Pittsburgh Sports about adding, you know, maybe maybe a Trent Murphy from the from the Bills, a guy who's played on the edge and helped out there, and he's he's chased down Lamar Jackson a couple times, not in a he's really fast type of way, but in a he knows how to contain the edge and turn the run back inside, and then on a play when he does that. I think that's where the real value is. And that's what I wrote this morning. Of all the needs the Steelers have, cornerback, offensive tackle, edge rusher, the depth at the edge to me is the most important in this Steelers in this Steelers roster right now. You could go look at offensive tackle, and if they added Morgan Moses, great. He's probably, he's probably your starting right tackle. You have a battle between Banner and, and Okorafor and Moore. And, hey, you know, see who wins out over all those guys at left tackle. Then from there, you figure out who's going to be your swing tackle, and then you have some, you have some really solid depth at off offensive tackle. But I guess I, I kind of think I think people are, are underestimating uh, what the Steelers have right now with with, with Carl Hay, the guy they signed off the Bears. Hmm. He's going to be like kind of the Matt Filer rotational guy. I, you know, I, I don't think the Steelers need dominant offensive tackles. They've never had it in their franchise history. I mean, they've had good offensive tackles. So I, I don't want to say that, but if you think of all the legendary players. There's not one. There's not one super duper offensive tackle sure. in 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 their, in their history. There's guards, centers, running backs, quarterbacks, every other position except offensive tackles. I I think they're fine there. I also think that cornerback they might be a little bit better than people think, especially in the slot with Shakur Brown and Trey Norwood um, and Arthur Mollett. I think they they've got guys who can compete there and, and make that a good training camp battle. And I think that they'll have a good slot guy. Now, could they use another guy on the outside? Sure. You know, if you're not sold on Justin Lane and James Pierre, I get that. But edge defender is the one thing that, that I think is, is of prime importance because this team starts and finishes with stuffing the run and rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. And they, they've, been, they've, been, they've led the NFL in sacks for four straight years, and when they do their best, when they're doing their best at that, that's when you see the guys behind them, the Joe Haydens, the Cameron Suttons, the Micah Fitzpatricks, the Terrell Edmonds, even the Devin Bushes. When they're doing the, the thing on the front line, that's when those guys start to get the most active. And you need positional depth, you need uh, rotational depth, and I'm not sure if they have that right now in Cassius Marsh and Quincy, and Quincy Roche. Hmm. Roche it looks good as a, as a six-round draft pick rookie. I love his hands. I've written about how I think there's a, there's a real upside to the guy. But do you really want to bank that much of, 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 your, of, your, of your season that you expect a lot out of? On, on that guy, and then there's Cassius Marsh, who I just wrote, literally wrote about within the past 15 minutes on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And, yeah, he'll be coming back from, you know, he didn't get a chance really to, to work with the team last year. He got signed super late, only played two games, and he did not look good in that Browns game with 46 snaps, and they were running right at him. But now he gets a full year to do that. But still, I see this as a position where you want a guy who's going to come in 
T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith, whether it's a couple snaps or, you know, 10 to 15 snaps during a game, whether it's, you know, a couple games where they need a reprieve because they're beat up and it's a long season, you want a guy there. And the fact that they were in the running for Ryan Kerrigan shows that that's to me, is what Kevin Colbert's looking at. And also, Richard Sherman has said that the Steelers haven't even called him. So yeah. for those who think he's on the, he's on the list, I, I would take that out. To me, I think the Steelers are looking at edge rushers, and they're looking at guys who can play the way, the way of style of football that they want. I think Kerrigan was closer to that. Justin Houston has always been more of a defensive end, but I think that they would make an exception if they were able to get the kind of deal. And, again, it's all about what kind of money that they get this guy committed to. You know, if, if they had signed uh, Ryan Kerrigan for three and a half mil, that would have been that would have been great. I think I'd be like that. Like okay, well that's solid. They 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 that that is that is, right. that is uh, out of, out of the worries of this year. But um, that that's where I'm looking at. I'm looking at edge defenders. I and I, again Trent Murphy of Buffalo. I wouldn't put him out of the equation yet, even though he's kind of a different style than they're used to. You want a veteran who can help stuff to run, help rush the pass. It doesn't need to be dominant. Just fill in and give you solid reps so that when T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are getting back out there. They're fresh, and you haven't given up like 50 yards on the ground. Whew. A lot to chew on there with our buddy Chris Carter. Uh, yeah, apologies to Richard Sherman. I mean, he could say that he wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler all that he wants. I want to marry Rihanna. I mean, we can't always get what we want, buddy. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I'm cracking up in here. I got the NHL network on in here, and they've got Mike Rupp on right now, and he's got a Stan Saverin jersey in the background oh. of his. This is nuts. Mike Rupp on the NHL network with a Stan <laughs> Saverin jersey in the background. It's Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports with us here on the Afternoon Delight. All right, buddy, last one for you. I uh, Last week, at the end of last week, I had a conversation with Arthur Motes. You, you know we do, we do the show on SNR, Steelers Blitz. You've co-hosted there a few times with us. Um, yeah. I was, I was, you know, it, it feels like the, the division is obviously going to be very good this year. We think the Bengals could take a step forward with Joe Burrow. We know that there's three teams already that made the playoffs last year and, and fancy themselves as doing so again this year. Of those three AFC North teams that made the postseason last year, Steelers, Browns, Be- uh, Ravens, I gave the biggest concern, in my opinion, to Moats, right, and asked him which he thought, was was the biggest detriment, right, to each of these three contending teams. So I'd like to ask you the same. Here's the three question marks, one that I have for each team. You tell me which one is the biggest, okay, if that makes sense. Make sense? Sure. <laughs> for the Browns, it's can Baker Mayfield win a division title? For the Steelers, mm-hmm. it's the offensive line. For the Ravens, it's mm-hmm. the lack of pass rushers. Which is the biggest division from those three good teams, those three teams that all won double-digit games and made the playoffs last year? Steelers' offensive line, Baker Mayfield's ability to go to the next level, or the Ravens' ability to rush the passer? What's the biggest concern? So I'm very tempted to say Baker Mayfield because I just I don't believe that much in him. I don't think he's that kind of quarterback. But here's the thing is that I think the Browns have built a te- an offense around the fact that they don't need him. <laughs> At least for they one or Nick two Chubb. more years till they got to pay him, right? right? Right, that's a whole other story. We'll see how that plays <laughs> out. But with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you got a rushing offense that when it's clicking, Baker's playing off play action. Great offensive aren't line. staring at him. Right, and, and you have something to build on there. And so I, I'm not sure if that's, that's the biggest issue there because they've kind of built their team so that they don't need Baker to be a superstar. But I will say with the Ravens, I'm a little curious as to how they're supposed to do this year because you know everyone was getting on the Steelers about, oh, you lost Bud Dupree, but the, the Ravens lost Matt Judon, and he was a big part of their defense. 
and they already weren't that good at it. So I'm I'm interested to see you know if if you're dealing with now the Ravens they got they got a ton of corners they've got they've got guys at the cornerback position who could run with everybody, but if you're not generating pressure, you're going to be asked to do a lot more with those guys, and I'm still not settled with their safety. Uh, I think that that could turn into a big problem. You know, when the Steelers when the Steelers are are, are hurting at cornerback or they're hurting at safety for for a week, the pass rush can turn, can tune it up and create problems to mask those problems. If you don't have the the, the guys up front to do that, even if you have good good guys back there, you could get you could end up getting exposed because right. teams can just hold on to the ball and and they can run at you. So I'd say the Ravens. You know, it, it's funny. You know, this, this, when the Steelers lost Villanueva, everyone was, you know, during this, you know, before this, before they lost, and it was, man, Villanueva, he's not that good. Then he's, then they lose him. Oh, it's such a big deal. <laughs> and then the same, and, and, and the, you know, Bud Dupree, and Bud Dupree, I would say that people did at least grow to respect him. But when the It's Ravens, funny how we do this the, in that town, isn't it, Chris? Right, right. Now man, everybody, everybody in Pittsburgh would sacrifice their firstborn to get Marc-Andre Fleury back. They were ready to run him out of town a few years ago. <laughs> Oh gosh, trust, uh, trust me. I, I've had that discussion more than a few times. But, <laughs> but my my whole point is that the Ravens they lost a guy who a lot of people you know, that analyzed the AFC North at Matt Judon. They, a lot of people said Matt Judon was better than Bud Dupree. Yeah. I think everyone would say it's like the tackle they lost. They lost to the Chiefs was better than Villanueva. Hmm. Yet they're so that the, that the yet the Ravens are supposed to be in so much of a better situation. I, I don't know, man. Like I, again. I, I say this about the Ravens. They go as far as Lamar Jackson takes him. I really think that he is such a dynamic threat. I know people say, oh, he's not a quarterback. He's a running back. Oh, okay, well, he's still throwing a whole bunch of touchdowns and scoring a whole bunch of touchdowns, and people haven't really figured out how to stop him other than the rest, to stop the rest of his team and make sure make it, make it sure that it's like, hey, he's going to have to do this by himself because you, know, they don't, you don't trust his wide receivers. Marquise Brown is, hasn't proved to be that good. Mark Andrews drops a lot of passes. Miles um, Boykin is... Miles Boykin. Um, so, so I, I'd say the Ravens. If I'm if I'm checking off those things right there, man, because I, I got a lot of questions as far as how they'll be able to keep up this year if it's not Lamar Jackson just continuing to blow everything up in his path. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Make sure you're checking out all of his work there. Follow him on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Hear him here just about every single Monday on the show. Buddy, great stuff as always. A little different today. A lot of around-the-league discussion, but I enjoyed it, and uh, I enjoy our time as always. Thank you for taking the time, Chris. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, with You're always great, man. Hey, there he is. Hey, takes one to know one, partner. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Great stuff from him as always. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. That was our Steelers fix. That was our football fix. Back into the hockey. Gearing up for Game 5 on the other side. It's the Afternoon Delight presented by Duncan. Pittsburgh runs on Duncan. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to 970 ESPN.